Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Back in 2002, I went to see Star Trek Nemesis in the cinema with my very best friend. We went in all full of hope and happiness and excitement. We'd seen the trailer and we knew it was going to be probably pretty good. So the film starts rolling and, you know, we enjoy it. We're sitting there, we're eating our popcorn and, and you know, it's, it's generally a good time. And then the film finishes and we're both kind of looking at each other and we're like, yeah, yeah. We thought about it a little bit and... I turned to him and I went, what the Jesus Christ was that? And that's kind of been my memory of Star Trek Nemesis ever since. The fact that you've been here for the first part of the list and you've come back for the second part of the list is hopefully a sign that, you know, you don't hate the film, but also you just need to know what happened. I am Sean Ferrick for Trek Culture and here are 20 things you didn't know about Star Trek Nemesis Part 2. Number 10. Patrick Stewart teared up while shooting his farewell scene. One of the best scenes in the film is the brief but poignant farewell between Picard and Riker as Riker heads off to captain the USS Titan. It isn't overly sentimental, but gives the two characters fitting closure as they go their separate ways. Despite its restraint, though, Patrick Stewart struggled to keep his emotions in check during shooting. While filming, Stewart accidentally wept off script and started crying, having been affected by the palpable emotion of it all. As a result, the scene had to be shot again once Stewart regained his composure, and, to his credit, you'd never guess he was on the verge of tears in the final version. Number 9. The Climax Went Through Many Changes During Production Nemesis's climax went through numerous changes, both big and small, before shooting began. For starters, a concerted attempt to keep the budget in check meant that the climactic space battle between the Enterprise and the Scimitar was considerably smaller than initially planned. Originally, the space battle featured a Romulan armada, which teamed with the Enterprise to take the Scimitar on, but this was deemed too expensive, and so the Romulan presence was scaled down to just two warbirds. Also, late-stage drafts of the script actually had Data sacrifice himself by shooting a warp core located on the Scimitar's bridge, but long-time Trek technical advisor Rick Sternbach felt that this made no sense, and so the warp core explosion was swapped out for Data shooting the Thaleron generator instead, which was moved to being situated just behind the bridge rather than on it. Number 8. Tom Hardy wore subtle prosthetics to more closely resemble Patrick Stewart. Though there's no mistaking that young Tom Hardy in Nemesis looks pretty damn different from current Tom Hardy, most viewers would simply put that down to the changes that every human face undergoes over the course of like two decades, right? But Hardy's face was actually subtly altered through clever makeup techniques to make him more closely resemble Patrick Stewart. Hardy wore latex prosthetics that were molded from Stewart's actual face, with latex noses and chins being fitted to Hardy's own. Additionally, because it was felt that Hardy's lips were too plump and full compared to Stewart's, a fake scar was added to draw attention away from them. The effects 
certainly work, because unlike a lot of sci-fi movie makeup, it's basically invisible to the average viewer's eye. Number 7. A deleted scene introduced Riker's replacement on the Enterprise. One of the most significant sequences is cut from the movie was the introduction of Commander Martin Madden, who was played by Stephen Culp. He would appear at the end of the film as the Enterprise's new first officer, replacing Riker as he takes over the USS Titan. A highly entertaining beat plays out where Madden asks Riker for advice on making a good impression with Picard, only for Riker to insist that he's casual and likes being called Jean-Luc. Naturally, Picard isn't terribly amused when Madden follows Riker's advice, though the scene ends with the clear implication that Madden is a competent officer who will be taken under Picard's wing. It would have been a sweet, uplifting ending to the movie, so its deletion seems completely baffling. Culp later made a canonical appearance in Star Trek, however, by having a five-episode stint in the third season of Star Trek Enterprise as Major Hayes of the Makos. Number six, the scimitar was modelled after a lionfish for one special reason. Say what you will about Nemesis, but Shinzon's ship the Scimitar sure is a unique and interesting vessel from a design perspective. It's probably best remembered for the almost animalistic form it takes when deploying its cascading biogenic pulse weapon against the Enterprise at the end of the film. As it turns out, the Scimitar's design was indeed inspired by an animal, a lionfish, which had a distinctive venomous spines protruding from its body in much the same fashion as the Scimitar. It gets even better though, the lionfish wasn't something the ship's designers simply stumbled across, but it served as a nod to the commonalities between Picard and Shinzon. In The Next Generation, Picard had a lionfish named Livingston in his ready room for many years, so it's rather poetically apt that his clone's vessel is modelled after it. That's surely no coincidence. Number 5. LeVar Burton nearly directed the film. The director's chair for Nemesis sure was busy before the production finally settled on Oscar-nominated film editor-turned-director Stuart Baird. Initially, Rick Berman approached the Wrath of Khan and Undiscovered Country director Nicholas Meyer to helm, but Meyer would only agree to come aboard if he could rewrite the screenplay. Berman had to turn Meyer down as he'd already promised writer John Logan full creative control over his script, so Berman then considered offering the job to Geordie LaForge himself, LeVar Burton. By the time Nemesis was preparing to shoot, Burton had directed 20 episodes across The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine and Voyager. And so was certainly an inspired choice following the tradition of Leonard Nimoy, William Shatner and Jonathan Frakes as stars turned directors. However, Paramount ultimately ordered Berman to offer the gig to Baird instead. And with this being the last Trek movie of this era, Burton sadly never got the chance to take the big screen helm behind the camera. Number four, Picard's chair got a seatbelt in a deleted scene. Another amusing part of the deleted epilogue in which Picard is introduced to Commander Madden involves a game-changing alteration to the furniture on the Enterprise bridge. It's been something of a running joke among Trek fans for decades that there are very few situations where anybody ever wears a seatbelt while hurtling through space, the typical explanation being that the ship's inertial dampeners would negate any potentially traumatic acceleration or deceleration. But in this hilarious deleted scene from Nemesis, it was actually revealed that a very special delivery came for Picard, a new ergonomic captain's chair that came complete with a seat belt that he could activate with the mere press of a button. As if to acknowledge the in-joke, Picard says, about time, bringing another welcome moment of light-hearted levity to the movie, albeit one which was, again, left on the cutting room floor. Number three, the Gorn were referenced in the original script. One of writer John Logan's kookier original ideas was to make an amusing reference to the Gorn at Riker's wedding. The Gorn are, of course, the infamous reptilian alien species popularised by the original series episode Arena, where a Gorn has a stiff, clunky battle with Captain Kirk on a rocky planet. In Logan's first draft, Picard's best man speech for Riker included a line about P- Riker's bachelor party, where P- Picard said included three Andorians, two Tellarites and a Gorn. For whatever reason, the line was sadly erased before Logan finalised the shooting script, robbing fans of a hilarious sly sliver of fan service. 
Number two, it's the lowest grossing Star Trek film in history. There's no way to be kind about this. Despite being produced on a not indecent $60 million budget, a whole $10 million less than its predecessor, Star Trek Insurrection, due to Patrick Stewart and Brent Spiner both agreeing to take pay cuts, Nemesis was an absolute dud at the box office. It ended up grossing just $67.3 million worldwide, making it the lowest grossing film of the series, pulling in even less than the consensus worst film, Star Trek V The Final Frontier. Additionally, Nemesis was also the first of the 10 Trek films released at that point not to win its opening weekend at the box office, opening a hair behind Jennifer Lopez rom-com Made in Manhattan, which kind of says it all really. Nemesis's catastrophic failure becomes easier to understand when you consider that it was effectively released in a death slot against a number of heavily anticipated blockbusters like Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Die Another Day, and The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. That, combined with a surprisingly low-key marketing campaign and the four-year gap since Insurrection, surely did it no favours at all. Number one, its commercial failure caused a planned sequel to be scrapped. During Nemesis's production, John Logan and Brent Spiner got to work on a script for a potential fifth film starring TNG's cast, which would serve as a concrete farewell to this iteration of the Enterprise crew. The planned film would have apparently been a crossover event involving the Next Generation, Deep Space Nine and Voyager crews, in addition to Riker as Captain of the Titan. Nemesis's atrocious box office performance quickly pumped the brakes on the proposed sequel, though, and so the movie franchise lay dormant for seven years until J.J. Abrams' rejuvenating reboot was released in 2009. With its slicker broader appeal that Trek 09 became the highest grossing Trek movie at the time, more than doubling second place held by Star Trek First Contact. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.